Russia, because it's so unknown in a certain way, people are amazed and surprised by what the country has to offer. So we have a lot of students who come there and they afterwards come to our office, okay, what can I do to stay longer? You are listening to Our People Abroad, Nuffolk's podcast series in which journalist Mike Cooper interviews the directors and chief representatives of the 10 NISOs, Netherlands Education Support Offices, around the world. The directors talk to Mike about their lives overseas and their work for the Dutch higher education sector. The Netherlands Education Support Offices are located in countries that are strategically important for Dutch higher education. Brazil... China, India, Indonesia, Mexico, Russia, South Africa, South Korea, Turkey and Vietnam. They were set up with funding from the Dutch Ministry of Education, Culture and Science. Hi, I'm Mike Cooper, and on behalf of Nuffolk, I'm interviewing their people abroad. In this episode of our podcast, I'm speaking to Yerka Verschor, director of NISO Russia in Moscow. Verschor studied Russian and Eastern European history. During his studies, he learned the Russian language during an Erasmus exchange at St. Petersburg State University. He stayed and worked in various jobs in both St. Petersburg and Moscow as a journalist and publisher of Russian travel books. He took several Russia breaks, but after a few tryouts in Amsterdam and New Delhi, he just had to go back and returned to St. Petersburg in 2012. In 2014, he made the move to Neso, Russia. Welcome, Yerka. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Our man in Moscow. Indeed. You've brought along an exclusive sound picture, I believe, as is the tradition with this podcast. Uh, can we have a listen to your sound snippet? Uh, yes, you can. Илесик, давай, давай, включай эту. Давай, крути штучку, крути машинку. О, молодец, Илесик. Все правильно, все правильно. Давай, пойдем играть в песочницу, Илесик. Uh, I actually took the sound snippet uh, in a, um, yeah, a children's playground, uh, a place where, uh, well, I can finally relax with my uh, three and a half year old uh, old daughter uh, and my wife. And we like it very much. My wife is Dutch, uh, so we raise our child in Dutch. Uh, right. But it's nice that they have a small musical instrument where they, uh, where you hear old-fashioned Soviet children's songs. Uh, oh, cool. And we like this very much. Are they memorizing them themselves? Yes, they are. Well, she's, of course, learning them uh, at school and we, well... We would like her to, to learn Russian while she's there. I speak Russian, my wife speaks Russian, uh, but she refuses to speak Russian with us, so uh, our daughter, so we try to well to make it more comfortable for her also. Most excellent. I am familiar with that phenomenon. My daughter refuses to speak English to me. <laughs> yes. Um, you studied Russian and Eastern European history um, and left for a while to Amsterdam and New Delhi, but you were pulled back to St. Petersburg in 2012. What is the attraction of Russia for you personally? Uh, it's a good question, obviously. Uh, I've been wondering myself, to be honest, uh, also. But I, I studied history as a as a general study, and then I had to choose a, a, a well specialization. Right. And I wanted to st study a country. 
Uh, and actually, I wanted to study Latin American studies because I thought I would go to South America, ah. uh, go to Brazil, Argentina, but it didn't exist at that time in uh, Utrecht University. I see. Uh, so I chose uh, Russia and Eastern Europe uh, based on a conversation I had with a professor of mine. And he said, it's interesting. And uh, he had good friends in Eastern Germany. And I thought, well, why not? And uh, that's why I decided to switch to this uh, uh, to this study of Russian and, uh, and Eastern European history. Right. It included the Russian language. And uh, then I thought, okay, I have to go to uh, the country I'm studying. So I went to Russia, and well, there I yeah, you you could say I, I fell in love more or less with the with the with the yeah, with the country. Uh, it's not I have a, a there's sometimes a love hate affair still, right. but it's just very interesting. And obviously, um, you have the, um, the 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 ties you build in a country when you live there for a long time. So yes. you're also being asked for certain things. So that's why I left and I came back a couple of times. Okay, but it re- remained a uh, a deep attraction. Yes, it remained uh, a deep attraction. It has to do with well, I, I I'm really fascinated by the history, uh, not only of of, of 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 the Russian Federation as we know it now, but also the former Soviet Union. I really liked language, the literature, the arts, uh, but also the rock music uh, of the 80s. I, I, we went to so many concerts uh, when I was studying there and still do. Um, and they're very, I mean, yeah, f- friendly people. And it's it became, it well, it remains still very fascinating uh, to live there because there's so much going on. And a lot of people think it's very far away, right? but it's very close, actually. And I, I, I find it fascinating also. Uh, ah, great. So your passion for Russia is still alive and well. It's definitely still alive and well. Obviously, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's nice when you live in a country where there's a lot of positive energy. There's not always a lot of positive energy uh, when it concerns uh, Russia. But I really think uh, in our job and also in our life, uh, there's a, s- a distinct separation between what happens uh, politically and what is daily life. And daily life is also that we go with our daughter to the uh, Jetski Sat, uh, the, the the children's daycare. Uh, and that's also life. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, how difficult... I, is the Russian language? I hear that it's that it's a really complicated and difficult language. Is that true? Well, I mean, if I say yes, then you all think I'm so smart. But um, <laughs> I would say it's not. It's. I didn't find it difficult, um, uh, and it, I think it has. This has to do with the fact that it's it's it's, it's uh, it has a lot of rules, right? Um, so you can learn those rules, and I was just. Yeah, fascinated when I arrived in Russia and I really wanted to learn the language. I lived in a, in a Russian dormitory. Uh, very hard to find people who spoke English. I really had oh, to. Great. And we delved into the culture of the language. that's a perfect location and perfect uh, situation yes. to learn the language in, with a deep dive. Yes, definitely, definitely. You, you, you're living in Moscow now with your wife and your child. Yeah. How, how, how does that go? How is daily life? Uh, daily life is uh, is daily life. Uh, so uh, in the morning, yeah, we I, I bring my daughter to the to the childcare. I go to work. My wife goes to work. Uh, we do the groceries. The only I think the biggest difference for us always when we are back in the Netherlands is that it's so much easier to, to do multiple things in one day in the Netherlands uh, as compared to to Moscow. Moscow I see. Is, is that a logistical question? It's a logistical question. It's the fact that here you have a very nice Albert Heijn uh, store where you can get everything you want or Jumbo. Uh, yes, uh, you mustn't make commercials. No. <laughs> Uh, but in the in Russia, the shops they are not always uh, they, they don't always have on offer what you're looking for. So you I end see. up going to three different shops. Uh, distances are longer. There's more traffic jams. Uh, it takes more time to get things done. Right? Is it is there a distinct difference between Moscow and St. Petersburg? Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, the question is always uh, how, what do you prefer more? If a Russian, if you talk to Russians, it's a little bit the Amsterdam Rotterdam uh, question. Right. Uh, I think they're in, incomparable. Uh, Petersburg is very relevant relatively modern city, founded in uh, 1703. Uh, Moscow was founded in the 10th century, I think, uh, or first mentioned. So it's a more organic 
rapidly grown city, which you right. really not, uh, notice. But also all the money in the country goes to Moscow. So it's much better uh, maintained. Uh, it's very modern looking. Uh, it has everything. And Petersburg is staying a little bit behind. And although it has four and a half million inhabitants, you wouldn't say so. I mean, if you go to Petersburg, it's it's it, it really has a small smaller feel. Much oh, really? More. And Moscow has the metropolitan feel. Uh, right, the big city versus small town almost. Almost, although it's weird to say a small town to a city of four and a half million yes, people. Quite. Yeah. Um, our view of the, the of the country of Russia is multifaceted, of course. We've you, from the architectural beauty of cities such as Moscow and St. Petersburg, and the, the vastness of the country, and Siberia, and people in fur hats, and the hot summers, and the the vodka cocktails on the bank of the Volga. Yeah. Um, but there's also a complex relationship between the Netherlands and Russia due to other aspects, uh, such as MH17, the Crimean situation, and what we perceive as a, as a general situation of, 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 of relatively high level of corruption. Um, it's probably not easy to work as a semi-governmental organization out there. That's, that's my uh, presumption. Um, but recently... At a Nuffik event, uh, Ivan Prostakov, vice-rector of the High School of Economics in Moscow, said that despite uh, political tensions, the joint ventures on the educational front are still excellent. Can you comment on this kind of dissonance between, uh, on the one hand, the life in Russian culture, the political tensions, and also the, the, the joint ventures between educational institutions? Yeah. Uh, well, as you say, it's multi uh, multifaceted. Uh, it's uh, so there's a lot of things that uh, that, that you're asking. Uh, yeah, sorry, right that now. was a really long question. <laughs> yes, I beg your, pardon, really, beg your pardon. Yeah, no, that's fine. But I think um, we have to make a very clear distinction about again what is happening politically and what is happening in society. Right. Uh, Russians are Russians, just like Dutch people are Dutch people. Uh, Germans. I mean, we we all strive for the same things, which is uh, having a nice job, a nice family, go to work, go to school, uh, enjoy our evenings, go to theater, etc. And this these things are, are happening in in Russia. Obviously, we invite a lot of uh, professors, lecturers uh, from universities, University of Applied Sciences to come also to experience themselves what, what is going on in Russia. And all of them are surprised, positively surprised by the energy and by the research done and by the, by the students that they meet. Uh, and it's strange that they are positively surprised because why would they be so well positively surprised? What did they expect in the first place? And then you come to yeah. the fact that people, they have a very low uh, well, image or well, distorted image of, of what Russia is. And Russia is, uh, uh, you can move around freely. Um, in our job, we don't uh, have any trouble in, in doing what we uh, see is, is, is our job. Uh, universities are very happy to see us uh, connecting people. It's a lot about people-to-people contacts. Right. And if you look at the official uh, policy of the, of, of the Dutch uh, uh, ministries, that uh, with Russia they want to have a, a pressure and dialogue, then we are very much in the dialogue side. Right. Um, so, which is the good side. Which right? is the good side. It's a positive yeah. side. And anyway, yeah. when you work in education, it's almost always very positive. And there's a, even without our office, of course, there's a lot of uh, contacts going on between universities, between schools, between TVET institutions. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of student exchange. So these exchanges are not really affected uh, negatively by uh, external political forces then? Uh, well, obviously, they are affected because I think it's difficult to imagine that they would not be. Um, what you notice, of course, is that uh, we need to use a little bit more convincing uh, when we talk with Dutch people about Russia. Right. Uh, why should they come to Russia? Um, um, but uh, if you look at... Um, 
um, the, the amount of exchange that is that is happening. Yeah. Um, if you look at the amount of, of Russians wanting to study in the Netherlands, that is rising. Uh, there's a lot of different factors. It might also be a push factor from Russia, which is not always nice, of course, for 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 a country when a certain population is uh, wants to wants to move abroad. But you also see a pull factor because we notice. Because we also promote study in Russia among Dutch students. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, that they are very interested to go to a country where they read about every day in a newspaper and, and, and have a look themselves. And yet, no, not not so much about. In fact, no. Basically, I think I think really that 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 Russian people are. Uh, they know uh, the Netherlands better than we do Russia. And that has to do with, we don't travel so often to Russia. Eh? Right. We go to Spain, to the States, we go to Southeast Asia. Russians yeah. travel a lot to Europe. So they have a quite well understanding of what is happening in Europe. Yeah, how would you, um, if you were you were uh, explaining to a Dutch student, what's why should a Dutch student go to Russia? What's the benefit of that experience in your view? Um, again, depending on your background of your studies, uh, obviously you have the, the usual suspects, such as the, the, the Slavic languages, uh, the Russian studies, uh, international relations. You see a lot of these people coming to Russia to, to study the country, yeah. uh, to learn also from their professors what is their take on international relations, which is very interesting, of course, to have both sides of the story. Yes. But we also have students uh, of journalism going for a semester, uh, econometrics, uh, business, management. And uh, well, the benefit for those last uh, type of students I would say I mean Russia is very good to have on your CV because people will always ask why did you go to Russia right. if you go to Germany which is of course a great country like all other countries but Russia stands out on a CV so yeah. in your professional career it might definitely help one of the things in an earlier podcast we were discussing was that uh, the dynamism of a culture can be a really stimulating for Dutch students who have a relatively safe and easy lifestyle. And to take them into a more challenging country is a great way of expanding their view on life. Would you agree with that for students thinking about going to Russia? Definitely, definitely. Uh, Russia... Because it's so unknown in a certain way, people are amazed and surprised by what the country has to offer. So we have a lot of students who come there and they afterwards come to our office, okay, what can I do to stay longer? Oh, really? Uh, I want to work here. I want to uh, expand my knowledge about Russia. That's great. So they kind of get infected with the passion that you have yes, also experienced yes, yes, yourself. Yes, yes. And they have to deal with the same problems also uh, because they uh, the, the dorm rooms, they are smaller. They have to share them with other students, which they are not used to often when they, when they come from the Netherlands. I mean, language is still an issue. Uh, so they have to go through all that. Yeah. They're living in a country where in the winter there's a big pack of snow, which they also might not be be used to, which is yeah. also a lot of fun, of course, because you can do a lot of nice things in the snow outside the city. Sure. Uh, so there's yeah, there's there's a huge uh, amount to take for for the students. Yeah. Like, so it's a it's a really life expanding experience. Yes, because uh, again, because it's so unknown, it's good for them to understand that there's more. Uh, to 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 uh, to the to, to the world than the countries we already know. Uh, and Russia, I find it very interesting. I read in the newspaper once, and I always use this example that people feel that Russia is further away than Australia. So when you have to compare, which is of course psychologically, really, uh, then. psychologically, yes, yeah. indeed. And it's a three-hour flight to St. Petersburg or Moscow, uh, which yeah. is Barcelona. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about the same distance. Yes, then. it is yeah, amazing. It is. Yeah. Um, why does the Netherlands have a Nufik office in Russia? And why is that important? Well, the decision was, of course, taken uh, quite some time ago. Eh? We celebrated our 10-year our uh, anniversary um, with some events last week, uh, but already in 
2007, uh, the previous director started to, uh, to set, the, uh, set the office up. Um, uh, Nuffik chose strategically important uh, countries together with the Ministry of uh, Education, uh, uh, Culture and, and Science of the Dutch government. Uh, and Russia is, of course, a, a close neighbor. Again, uh, what right. I mentioned just now, uh, it's only a three-hour flight. It's a big uh, country. We have a lot of historical ties. We're economically the third biggest investor in, uh, in the Russian Federation. So there's a lot to speak. Th- sorry, I'm going to interrupt you there. The third biggest investor. Yes. That's quite a, an impressive number. It is. It is. Yeah, maybe we drop now a little bit to fourth since the, 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 yeah, the, pol- the political. The but the still, tension. Russia is, uh, the Netherlands is a very big economic partner for, uh, for Russia. Right. So there's a lot to say about, uh, about, about connections in different fields including uh, education and science. I just want to break in there because you said last week for our listener who may be listening to this at any time, this was recorded in in mid-October. So that was when this 10-year celebration took place, which is where um, Ivan Prostokov explained about how well the relationships between educational institutions go. Yes, indeed. indeed. Um, uh, What's in it for Russia to have connections with the Netherlands, uh, to compare the Dutch education system with the Russian education system. Yeah. Well, again, close neighbourship, uh, close neighbourship between Russia and the Netherlands. Uh, there is already a lot of uh, student exchange. What you see is that um, Russia. Uh, has been going and is still going through a huge uh, transition. Uh, 1989, uh, fall of the Soviet Union, uh, well, the Berlin Wall, uh, well, 1991, maybe the Soviet Union really stopped existing as such. Um, And there have been no investments in a lot of sectors in the in the in the Soviet economy back then. So in 30 years' time, they have to basically rebuild the whole country yeah. and everything connected to it. So they need it, and they still, I think, need a lot of support in different areas uh, where they can learn from the way we are doing things. But obviously, we can also get a lot of knowledge because Russia is really known for a lot of uh, research. Uh, they have very good basic uh, uh, education. So for our For the Russian universities who want to collaborate with uh, with Dutch uh, research universities, interesting because the Dutch research universities are very high in the ranking, so they obviously also look at that. Yeah. But when you look at the University of Applied Sciences in the Netherlands, uh, where they have such a good connection to the business, that's something that that Russia can really learn from. And right. They commercial been, connections. Yeah, commercial connection, but also the hands-on mentality mentality of of students, uh, which is very, very important for Russians uh, to learn that. Uh. Right. So it's also it's a it's a fascinating country as well because of the the change that it is going through. Definitely, and it's It's, it's 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 not finished. Uh, I think it's in a way you can you can say that the, the Russia of now is still a young uh, country. Yeah. Uh, in a way, it, it, I think we should not forget also. Uh, that Russia has been through a lot of difficult times in the past uh, 20 years. If you look at the average people, they've been through three financial crises, mm-hmm. uh, which is for us Dutch people impossible to comprehend what it means when you lose all your money. Yeah. Uh, so that's also why they take possibly different choices when I'm yeah. talking about society, not about politics. No, indeed, but if one looks at further history uh, and the world wars as well, that was incredibly a tough time for, for Russia as well. Definitely. So there has been a traumatic past in this country yes. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, for those of us who are interested in such matters. Um, uh, what are the activities that you're you're busy with uh, right now in NASA Russia? Well, we, we run actually a lot of projects um, with which we are very happy. We have an uh, internship uh, program for Dutch students 
students. So we help them uh, well with placements in, in Dutch companies, but also uh, international or Russian companies. I mean, we are open for, for, for all. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, give Dutch language lessons, which is surprisingly popular because there are already five faculties okay. at five universities in Moscow where one can study Dutch. Five yes. faculties? Five faculties at five different universities. So I'm always, uh, it's very nice to meet these people and they learn Dutch in such a perfect way, actually. So we also... Uh, started to, to do this and we have I think every semester we have 40 uh, students of the Dutch language uh, one program we're particularly proud of is the Dutch science talks uh, Dutch science talks yes it's is a, that like TED talks yeah oh, <laughs> no it's a little bit longer uh, probably <laughs> but, better uh, you know, I don't know I mean it's uh, there's, there's the, the different formats indeed but we, we do this together with, uh, with the Netherlands uh, embassy uh, in, in, in Moscow with, with support of them and where we invite prominent speakers on a, on a range of topics it's uh, peace and justice is uh, agri and food, circular economy, designing the future. Uh, we had André Kuipers, the astronaut, talking about sustainability. Right. We had uh, Louise Fresco from Wageningen University in research, uh, talking about how to feed the world. And it's a really nice program because we are uh, connecting professors, uh, uh, Russian and Dutch right. professors. We, we we reach out to a young audience in uh, Russia. Right, the student uh, Student age. audience, yeah, but not only. Uh, the lectures are all in English, so it's interesting for people who want to learn more. I mean, who want to have more interaction with English uh, speakers. Right. It's of course also some study in Holland promotion because you you uh, you try to promote the way we are used to teaching. Plus we try to well exchange uh, the latest uh, knowledge that uh, there is in the Netherlands on certain topics, yeah. and we we try to match that with with knowledge in Russia. So often we invite also Russian professors to comment on the topics delivered by, oh, by Dutch nice. professors. Do you also invite commercial parties companies? Uh, to that, to this specific program, no. Right. I mean, un- well, actually, I'm saying no, but it's not true. We actually had a very interesting uh, talk about uh, smart ar- agriculture. Okay. Uh, so this is to do with, with with drones flying over fields and and and, and measuring the yield of uh, certain plots of uh, land, but also these uh, self-driving tractors. It uh, sounds like a very Dutch sector. Yes, it is definitely a very Dutch uh, sector, but w- which is why it's also very popular, of course. And yes. we had um, um, uh, Corne Cox from uh, from. Uh, Iris University of Applied Sciences deliver a, um, a talk to startup agricultural startups in a, in a in a sort of Silicon Valley in uh, near Moscow, which is called Skolkovo. Oh, wow. So it's very interesting. We, it's a very broad audience we try to cater to. Um. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds like triple helix. This is this term which I have been um, reading a lot. Uh, but for our listener, perhaps you could explain triple helix to define it for 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 a, for normal people. For normal people, yes. Well, I, I yes. Well, you have triple helix. Some people uh, try to expand it to quadruple. Helix sounds great. It's also sometimes called the golden triangle, but it's uh, basically where you try to uh, connect different parties: uh, uh, government, uh, education, business, but also maybe society. I mean, you talk about the quadruple uh, uh, helix together to engage in projects, and uh, this is also what we try to do uh, uh, together again with the Netherlands Embassy, with companies, with universities. Yeah. Uh, do you have some examples uh, which are particularly which are top of mind for you? Uh, well, a couple of years back, because these projects, they are, they are long-term. It's right. difficult to set it up when you have so many parties. But a couple of years back, we started uh, this in Tomsk. Tomsk is a city uh, halfway between Moscow and Vladivostok. Okay. Uh, um, and there is a very nice environment, student city, uh, very proactive local government, um, with good knowledge centers. The, the also. sort of Wageningen of Russia? 
Would that uh, be no, I would not. No, because Wageningen is of course a very specific issue again. Uh, university in, uh, in agriculture. Here you had six universities, which are ranging from agriculture to, to the more oh, so uh, it's comprehensive. Much, much larger. It's much larger. Um, but what we've seen there is that uh, there were already some universities present. Saxon University of Applied Sciences, Leiden University. But we managed to connect also the University of Twente uh, there. And they set up a very nice uh, bilateral agreement with five of the six universities. But we also had architectural firms which were connected to via the Netherlands embassy. And this resulted actually in, in, in yeah, you might call it the first living lab in, in, in Siberia. Oh, wow. That's uh, fascinating. So the Tomsk connection. The Tomsk connection, indeed. And which resulted actually also in Tomsk, uh, Tomsk um, um, uh, cheesemakers uh, to come to, to the Netherlands oh, wow. to find out how we in the Netherlands make, make cheese. Yeah, that's that's, that's uh, also a commercial uh, uh, and interesting uh, development, which I assume you did not expect. Uh, no, not in the first place. And uh, again, I have to acknowledge that we are not, of course, connected to all these. I mean, we are connected, but not always the initiator uh, of, sure. of these events. But the, the, the interesting thing is that we try then to connect the TVET sector. Huh? We try to, to bring them to, to Could TVET. you explain TVET to the listener? Uh, yes, TVET is uh, Technical and Vocational Education and Training. Uh, for the Dutch listeners, uh, it's uh, MBO. Uh, Thanks. Um, and the people who, who are interested in cheesemaking, we bring them uh, to a TVET uh, school in the Netherlands where they do this. So we right. also have this exchange. Uh, yeah, and there's a good examples of, uh, of different institutions linking with one another where there's a need for specialist knowledge. Definitely, and uh, there's, there's delegations visiting from uh, Russia, uh, from the regional, on a the, on the regional level, coming to the Netherlands, and we try to well, to facilitate meetings uh, for them uh, with uh, Dutch counterparts. Uh. Mm. Are there any other projects which, uh, which uh, you're particularly uh, proud of? Um, well, to be honest, I think I think actually uh, yeah, most of the things we do, we think they have added value because right. otherwise we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't do no, them. No, for sure. Um, and I think in the broader sense, our office is really good in connecting people, and I'm actually very proud of that. Uh, all of our colleagues uh, yeah. work in this uh, sphere, so we really try to understand okay where are the, the the hooks, so to say, where we yeah. can pull people uh, uh, together. Other people in your office are they all Dutch? Uh, no, they're basically all Russian, uh, so I'm the only Dutch person. Okay. Uh, we speak English uh, ah. among each other, uh, except for lunch uh, time or when we have a birthday, then we switch to uh, to Russian. But they all have some some kind of connection with the Netherlands. Uh, oh right, so they have a, they have a, an, a, an interest in in in, the, in Dutch culture and education. Definitely, no, they're huge ambassadors for the Netherlands, which is really nice to see, and uh, it's 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 fun for them also to interact with uh, with with Dutch people, but also the other way around because they bring, of course, a lot of local knowledge also yes, to the table. Yes, absolutely. I would imagine sort of uh, uh, knowledge from the from the ground up is is really important to, yes. to NASA Russia. Yeah, it's also good for my own antenna on the on the floor because of course they read different news and and, and, and bring in their own family affairs. and probably uh, more rock bands as well. Yes, maybe maybe, but I think they 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 don't like my music choice perhaps <laughs> because I'm on the old Russian rock. <laughs> old Russian rock. No comment on that. I'm afraid my knowledge doesn't extend to that. Um, We've all uh, heard or read the news uh, recently that the Dutch government is is uh, planning to phase out uh, the NASOs. Um, could you comment on what this news has done to you personally? What does it mean to you personally? Um, well, it's a pity. Uh, so uh, we've been working really hard on establishing a very, I think, yeah, a good office where we do, I think, a lot of important work. I think it's definitely worth... Uh, discussing uh, which tasks that we are doing are they still relevant should we try to maybe you know, redo things in our office uh, which is I think completely normal in, in the world things phase out new things appear 
but I think a lot of the things we do uh, have really added value, which is difficult to to, to replace. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, real yeah, feel of pity if if we would lose that. Yeah. Um, recently, also again, it was uh, Ivan Prostakov who I keep quoting, um, but he said at the t- during an interview that one could view the closure of uh, NATO Russia as an unwanted political signal. Do yep. you have a comment on that? Yeah, these, these are his words. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we have very close relations with the, uh, the Ministry of Science and Higher Education in the Russian Federation. Uh, we work with them and they know us. Um, um, I don't know... I cannot predict how they would view this, uh, obviously, uh, but I do know that they would also feel it a pity if if, if, if we are not there. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things that make life easier uh, when you have an office such as ours. Yeah. Uh, we, I'm no diplomat. We can basically roam around the country freely. Yeah. Uh, it's easy to establish contacts with us, but also via us. And uh, an embassy does hugely important work, and I've seen it in the in the past uh, years, uh, which is amazing. But uh, they are diplomats, so yeah. they have the more political uh, framework where they have to operate in. Yeah, that's not that's not in the business of, of creating global citizenship, which I think is more your task, wouldn't you say? Definitely, and also, I mean, but 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 for for, for universities wanting to uh, to establish a connection, it's of course you you can give us a call. We don't need uh, official letters, perhaps. Uh, we it, it's it's it makes life easier but also for the embassy uh, they can also reach out to us and for us it's very nice to be at an arm length of the embassy because we can ask them to help us and it's a very i think win-win-win situation which we have and yeah again it would be a pity if we lose that yeah well thank you for your comments on that um what would you say um your future challenges are from out from your position at, at naso russia disregarding uh, the news disregarding the news yes uh, no i think um I think what what we see now is that there is um, a lot of interest uh, from Russia to broaden and deepen the ties with uh, the Netherlands higher education education landscape, uh, also in, in this in the in the field of research. So I think we can we can play definitely a faci- uh, facilitating role uh, in this. Uh, the difficulty uh, is of course that Dutch uh, higher education sector is really well appreciated around the world. We are still a small country. We have around uh, sixty uh, institutions, so to say. Yeah. Russia has more than uh, a thousand. So yes, yeah, so it's difficult uh, to to please everyone, uh, so to say. Sure, uh, but. That is always a, a challenge uh, to find those niches where you can uh, actually start working on projects on the long term. Right, which which uh, presumably then have a link between uh, the expertises from the both from both countries. Yes, yes, and and, and making one plus one is three out yes. of uh, their knowledge and their experience yeah. on both sides. Yes, there's a lot of. Uh, topics, for example, if you look at uh, snow research, snow eh? research. Well, there's actually this snow, is yes. not something I was familiar with. No, but before. There is a, there's a lot of research being done about if you have huge amounts of snow yeah. and they have to and they and this melts, eh? so it has to go so somewhere. Water, yeah, yeah water, and, and this is water management. And in the Netherlands, uh, you cannot really measure this because we don't have so much snow. But also greenhouses in 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 extreme circumstances right. so in the arctics yeah. so where better to research that than in in russia for example so that was the the future but perhaps we can also look back at the past your your academic background as a historian is is you're very aware of the history between the netherlands and russia could you bring us to some of the links that have occurred in the past 
Yes, and there have been a lot actually. Uh, very famous examples. I will, I will, I will name them uh, obviously. Uh, but but Dutch people already started trading with uh, with Russia in the in the north in Arkhangelsk uh, in the 16th uh, century. And there's beautiful actually uh, travel books written about it by contemporaries. So um, uh, one of the most uh, f- used and and worn out examples, I would uh, I would almost say, is Tsar Peter the Great, who founded mm-hmm. also the city of Saint Petersburg, who went twice to the Netherlands uh, to learn the art of shipbuilding. Uh, and funnily enough there's a lot of words almost all words connected to ships uh, in the Russian language uh, come from the from Dutch come from uh, Dutch yes oh, okay w- uh, which ones uh, for, for, uh, well you have the Dutch word of uh, of uh, kajuit kajuit uh, that's that isn't that the little bit where you can shelter from the weather on the top of a small boat indeed indeed and in Russian it would be kajuit so kajuit kajuit ah. it's almost the same yeah, and there's right. there's uh, 20 or 30 uh, words uh, actually uh, that, that you can uh, directly linked back uh, to the Dutch. Right, so there's, there's a lot of history that goes back way beyond uh, 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 tenure of Neso. Yes, of course. And 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 and, and uh, well, when you look at Sir Peter the Great, uh, we like to call him our our, our first uh, Holland alumnus, uh, for ah. example. Uh, Excellent link there to the Holland Alumni Network. Yes, because we haven't, yeah, we haven't spoken about them, and these no are point. people that I mean, we we benefit from so much as an as an office, but I also think as as as, as countries as an office because I mean, it's these are people that studied in the Netherlands, and many of them return to Russia, uh, some of them stay in the Netherlands. Uh, other people go elsewhere in the world, yeah. but these are ideal ambassadors actually for both countries, uh, not only for the Netherlands. Uh, well. You talk again about people-to-people context. They, uh, you, you, they can bring worlds together, but also yeah. very uh, directly in business. Uh, if you have a Russian that studied in the Netherlands, maybe works again in Russia, but has fond memories of the Netherlands, they are yeah, more prone maybe to 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 go back to their uh, to the country where they got their uh, education yes. and, and work with them. Uh, we had a very nice uh, event uh, last week. Just 25 years between Erasmus University of Rotterdam and the HSE University. Right, that's in October 2019 for our listener. Yes, sorry, that was in October 2019 indeed. And um, they invited uh, professors from those early days, 25 years ago, uh, but also uh, alumni who studied in a double degree program. And these alumni, they work in strategic functions at uh, energy companies in Russia, uh, in the the big four uh, consultancy companies. Isn't that one of the super benefits of alumni is that as they progress, through their careers, they get higher and higher in the rankings and then their knowledge and experience becomes like gold dust for, for students and for ed- educators uh, uh, who, who, are, who are operating now. Yes, I, I think, I mean, it's 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 a lot of the things we do, are, you cannot measure them and you cannot really measure the effect. And uh, we, we talk a lot about uh, what is the economic benefit or this benefit and it's difficult. But yeah. I think when you talk about people, it's very important that you have people who understand countries and who understand mentalities and yeah. who have full memories and, 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 and have connections eh? and yeah. these it's, it's, we are still living in a globalizing world. We should not forget about our local uh, backgrounds, of course. Yeah. But these alumni, they are, yeah, as you mentioned, they're, they're worth gold. Yeah, I think I think uh, it is sometimes underestimated how because people p- progress and and uh, with their careers, they become really useful. Uh, contacts for the people who are just starting their careers, young students and graduates. Yeah, 
Yeah, and we, well, uh, I mean, we use them uh, as such also. Uh, I mean, of course, they they really like to do it because they like to share their experiences. Perhaps involve is a better word. Involve is a better <laughs> word than use, but we, we, we tell them that we use them and they use us as well. So because we invite them to a nice uh, King's Day gathering, of course, also uh, right. uh, in, in, in Russia. But these, these are, I mean, it's, it's again, when we talk about education, it's yeah. a very positive atmosphere usually with students, but also with alumni. And they like to reconnect with their former uh, alma maters in the Netherlands right. uh, with their fellow students uh, and they bring knowledge from both sides uh, of the... Does it work the other way around? You've just been speaking there of, of, of uh, uh, people within Russia who've studied in the Netherlands but people who from the Netherlands who've been into Russia or is that a younger set? Uh, well, I wouldn't. Well, yes, in a way, it's a younger set. Of course, there has been a lot of Dutchmen traveling to to Russia. In education, she's a little bit less. It, it, uh, in the 70s, 80s, there have been some some student exchanges. We are now, as I mentioned before, t- trying to promote uh, study in Russia uh, with some success. Uh, I would I would like to say, and uh, even to such extent that we 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 decided to start a chapter uh, of the Nederlandse Wereldwijde Studenten, which is the okay. uh, worldwide student associations of of, of Dutch students. Right. And they have chapters in different cities, mostly so far in in uh, in, in Germany and uh, in the UK. But we founded one in uh, in uh, in Russia as well. Oh, nice! And and what does that entail? Is it a is it a place or is it a, is it a, an organization which people can can link up with? Yes, and and, and uh, it's a people where it's a, it's a place where people can can link up. Uh, basically, it's an online space. It's uh, uh, but but the aim is not to have them talk to each other continuously and meet weekly because they are abroad and you would not want them to 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 simmer around in the same Dutch environment but no. uh, it's interesting to meet once or twice maybe in a in a, in a semester uh, we try to uh, uh, to organize a meeting with the ambassador for him it might be interesting to find out okay why do these people come to Russia what yeah. do they learn what do they see and yeah. for the Dutch students it's interesting to learn okay what does an embassy actually do eh? what, what is the work of an ambassador right but you can also imagine that we uh, organize uh, events with fellow uh, students from Russia so you have a group of 20-25 Dutch students meeting yeah. with their fellows uh, in Russia ah excellent and these are of course the alumni of the future indeed 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 I mean I think we we cannot stress enough that establishing such connections even if it's in small groups uh, we will notice the effects yeah, I think I think you made that very clear, and I think it's a very important important factor to to to, to underline to our listener. Um, on a more personal note, now we're coming towards the end of this uh, fascinating episode of the podcast. We like to uh, share a secret tip from you uh, to give to the listener if he or she finds themselves in Moscow or in St. Petersburg or in Russia, something that you won't find in the normal guidebooks or in the guide websites these days, um, but that is really a, a special thing that you would advise people to either do or go and eat or a place or, or something to some an, an event. Um, it's a it's a good question, of course, always, um, and it's uh, it's it's also not an easy one. So I'm not going to uh, to give a tip. Uh, You're not going to give us your secret best restaurant. Uh, people can always write to me. Uh, <laughs> I'm easy to find online, so uh, I will. I have several. No, what I would like to uh, to to uh, to tell people because it's the thing that 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 I and and, and my my wife and, and I we like the best is uh, to travel by train in Russia. And it doesn't mean you have to sit for three days in a train. It can also right. be two hours, three hours, four hours. But make sure you take a, a little bit 
well, not the newest trains, yeah, not the local, fastest. A local train. A local train. Go to any village or smaller city, which might even have 200 and 250,000 inhabitants, which for the Netherlands would be a big city, but there it would be almost like a village. Right. Pick one, of course, which uh, has an old history and just wander around for one or two days. It's just beautiful. It's completely different life from uh, from Moscow. And it's uh, the place where you can relax the best and understand also yeah, the vastness of Russia where we talk about because yeah. you can uh, travel for, for two hours and then look at the map where you are and you will still still see 9000 kilometers uh, of to Russia go. Uh, to go indeed yeah. and it's, is, uh, is just a, a, on a on a more practical note is it possible to do that if one cannot speak russian uh, I would say everything is possible because I'm I'm again always mentioning this people go on holiday to Spain and if you go to a small village in Spain I doubt that you will find people speaking English good point uh, a lot of Dutch people w- won't speak Spanish uh, if you want to uh, you can go and people are welcome to contact me yeah uh, that's good I th- I'm sure they will um Thanks very much indeed, uh, Jerka, for coming and uh, joining us on this podcast. Um, you've been listening to the third edition of the Nuffix podcast series, Are People Abroad? I hope you've enjoyed it. I certainly have. I want to take that train ride. Um, we're looking forward to the next edition, which will feature Han Dommers, manager of all NISA offices at Nuffix in The Hague. Do you want to know more about the work of Nuffix Nesso offices or do you want to get in touch with one of our people abroad? Don't hesitate to contact us. You can find contact information on our website www.nuffix.nl slash international offices. Did you like this podcast? Please subscribe to our series on your podcast app so you will get a notification when the next episode is published. On our online content platform www.nuffic.nl slash longreads, you can regularly find new blogs, longread articles, podcasts and videos about internationalization in education. You can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter on this platform.